What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Friday. I think this is the first Friday edition of the Gin Jack podcast that we've ever done. This is the 74th episode of the podcast. We're having a nice normal Friday until about 3 o'clock p.m. Then word comes in that Dante Fowler Jr. suspended for the first game of the season. Uh, we've got a lot of other news to get into this Friday, but we're happy that y'all are here with us listening and uh Talking some Jaguars football. We're going to be drinking some beers from Bold City Brewery. Talking some Jags football. And uh, actually answering a fan question here tonight on the episode as well. So make sure to stay tuned for that. Again, this is the 74th episode. Um, We've got Malik Jackson coming out with a bold prediction yesterday. Uh, He seems to be fond of those. He did that prior to the 2017 season as well, predicting the Jaguars would go to the Super Bowl. Uh, We'll preview the Jaguars linebacker group today. It's our first defensive position preview of the season. Uh, We've already gone over most of the offense. We'll get into a bunch of other news and notes as well. I'm your host, Jordan DeLugo. I'm joined, as always, by Scott Klein. You can follow him on Twitter, at ScottKlein1. Hunter Evans is out today. Apparently, it's his son's birthday. Likely story, right? Some priorities there. <laughs> so you can go give him a hard time for being a good dad and a bad co-host at Coach H underscore Evans on Twitter. You can follow myself at Jordan DeLugo and make sure to follow Generation Jaguar on Twitter at Generation Jag on Facebook and Instagram at Generation Jaguar. Big shout out once again to the one and only sponsor of the Gen Jag podcast, Bold City Brewery. You can check them out online at BoldCityBrewery.com, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at BoldCityBrewery. You can also visit their downtown location on East Bay Street or their original tap room off Roselle and Riverside. Now, before we get into the Dante Fowler situation, I've got a couple uh, housekeeping things to take care of here. The Gin Jag memberships are still available heading into the 2018 season. You get to eat and drink for free at every tailgate for the 2018 season. If you join, you also get t-shirt, member card, koozie, sticker, Discounts at tons of local establishments, Metro Diner among them. Uh, Duval Skyline t-shirts are out. They, uh, they've been very popular on the website over the last couple weeks. You can check that out. We've got our Friends-themed Duval shirts. Those have been really popular, especially with the ladies. We just got in today our 904 emoji pens, so we're excited about that. You can check out all that stuff at ginjag.com. We've also got all the latest news analysis, podcast videos, from UCF Jaguar uh, at genjag.com. So, a suspension that we thought might happen, Marcel Darius, hasn't happened. We don't know if anything will happen with his situation yet. He's been accused by two women of sexual assault, but there's no movement on that front, so we don't know anything about that. But, like we said earlier, Dante Fowler Jr. was suspended today by the NFL for violating the NFL's conduct policy. Uh, suspended one game. Good thing it's only one game. Obviously, he's a crucial part to the Jaguars' pass rush and is a pretty good uh, rotational guy there. He'll be out week one at the Giants. This stems from an incident in May of 2017 in St. Petersburg where he was charged for battery, criminal mischief, and petty, petty theft. He pled no contest in court uh, in March of this year. And uh, this is 
that's likely what he's suspended for, although it's not been exactly verified that that is, in fact, what it's what it's stemming from. It does seem like there's a pretty good chance that is the issue that's uh, being brought up here. Tom Coughlin had this to say about the suspension. We were informed today of Dante's one-game suspension, and we'll, we will abide by the league's ruling. We'll work to get Dante ready to play when he's able to return. To me, that sounds like they're certainly not going to appeal the decision. Yeah, they're kind of like maybe this guy needs to get his head on straight. Yeah, it's just one game. I mean, you can live with that as a franchise. I mean, obviously, he's going to be missing out on a pretty hefty paycheck, but it's you with with all the things swirling around him and the tumultuous career off the field he's seemed to have. One game so far due to suspension, not the worst thing in the world. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think anybody would have been not surprised if this guy, this is a guy that had been suspended for a quarter of a season, four games at some point mm-hmm. prior to now, but somehow he's managed to avoid the the league's eyes looking out for him for some reason, and... Uh, He's only got the one-game suspension against the Giants. Obviously, you don't want to be suspended at all, but we don't even know how effective he would be by week one. He currently was out with an undisclosed upper body injury. He missed minicamp and OTAs, lost a ton of mass in his upper body, and it looks like he lost a lot of strength as well. So you don't even know how effective he's going to be by week one in terms of his strength and getting back into football shape. And we'll see. We don't know. He may or may not be ready for training camp. Yeah, and that, to me, means a lot more of another Florida defensive line. <laughs> You're going to see Taven Bryan. Yeah. It's definitely going to be more asked of him, I feel like. with They don't necessarily play the same position on they, the D-line. He comes in on the strong side defensive end in pass rushing situations. You're, you're right, he's more of a strict pass rusher, as Taven Bryan is more of the kind of a bigger end. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, somebody there's somebody has to fill in, because he played a lot of snaps. Yeah. And I, I was thinking it would give Dwayne Smoot, or Dwan Smoot, a really good opportunity to prove his that's worth. That's true. Uh, third round pick in 2017. Played very well against the run last year. Wasn't in, on a ton of snaps, but when he was in, he was very good against the run. He showed some pass rush ability in college, certainly, mm-hmm. at Illinois. Uh, and I think week one against the Giants, it's going to be his time to shine. Yeah, uh, I mean, somebody's going to have to fill those shoes. Yeah. And I think he's the t- I think he's the type of guy that's capable of becoming a starter type player in this league. You know, he'll get his opportunity to prove that. And yeah, I think Taven Bryan, everybody on the D-line will probably get more reps than they normally would. Mm. Against a relatively immobile Eli Manning. <laughs> yeah, you know, he is Eric slippery. <laughs> I don't know how he's, I mean, but some of his plays you look back at through the Super Bowls and uh, the David Tyree play in particular, he was able to yeah, evade amazing, amazing evasion there by Eli uh, but, yeah, he's not typically thought of as a mobile-type quarterback. Jaguars pass rush, one of the best in football. You'd like to see these guys step up. Dwan Smoot, maybe Laurenti McCray gets more st- snaps. Maybe you see Taven Bryan getting more activity than he would have. But uh, definitely opportunity for other guys that are talented to step up and play. Now, this is not a good start to a 2018 campaign for Dante Fowler. That is his contract year. Uh, Like we said, he's been out with this undisclosed upper body injury, and now he faces this one-game suspension. Just, it's not a lot of positives. It's a lot of negatives stacking up for Dante Fowler in a year where he really needs to show what he's worth uh, to either have the Jaguars try to finagle a way to keep him around or another team, you know, pick him up for big money. If he goes out there and has an, a season that is more reminiscent of his 2016 than his 2017 season, I mean, he'll he'll be signed by someone, but I'm not sure uh, 
how big the interest will be and mm-hmm. how big the contract will be. If he has a season like he did last year in 2017 where he got eight sacks, two in the playoffs in the AFC Championship game, you're looking at a guy that's probably – he's only 23 years old. He's probably going to get paid very handsomely. Yeah, and in my head, I can't, I can't, I can't get the idea – of him being one of the most available and intriguing trade possibilities on this football team. I don't know why. I just have this feeling that there's such a logjam and there's so much invested, which even last year's first-round pick in the defensive line, that at this point, with Yannick Ngakwe seemingly on the verge of getting signed for a long-term deal. Gotta be. He's got to be. Where, I mean, I feel like we have to try and get some value out of him, and that's the biggest, that's the the only way to do that. Now, you know, looking at a suspension, if he gets another one, you could be talking about like. Well, you say getting value out of him. You You can get after the 2018 season. He can can have a great year, help us win a Super Bowl, and there's wonderful value, and then he walks. Right. And we have a ring and nothing else to look forward to. Right. I, I, to me, I think you can get away with moving a piece like that and having enough still in that defensive line room to eat somebody's lunch. <laughs> I think you're right. Certainly, I think if Dante Fowler Jr. was traded for a pick or whatever it may be, is there a drop-off? Probably not. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dwan Smoot is a talented guy. Laurenti McCray can rush the passer. Taven Bryan obviously would get more work at, in that situation. You've still got Calais, Malik, Marcel. You've got a loaded defensive line. Uh, so I would not be upset one bit if they traded him. Yeah. I also won't be upset if they keep him and just try to get as much as they can out of him this season. And it, and it very well in the building. I think there, it's there's so much... Focus this year to be the year that I don't want to see that I don't want to say that they're blinded to the future because in no way are the moves that they've made showing that. Right. But this is a guy who, if he's on and continues on the path that he started with last year, he will help you win football games. But man, it's that's why that's why we're not paid to do this because. We'd really have to dedicate our full time to really hammer out all the details in situations like this. And this is the, this is the kind of stuff that I'm sure GMs just stay up at night just right. wondering what the hell are we going to do. Yeah, and these suspensions, these are these things that happen in the dead period that you're just like, oh, mm-hmm. what is going on with these guys? So again, it has not been a dead period for the Jaguars in terms of storylines and news coming out. Uh, Malik Jackson made headlines this week predicting an undefeated season for the Jacksonville Jaguars when he talked to TMZ Sports. He, uh, he said, I'm calling it 16-0. I don't think anybody can beat us as long as we stay healthy and do what we're supposed to do. So he did kind of hedge his bets a little bit at the end there. As long as we stay healthy and do what we're supposed to do. Yeah. But the beginning of that statement was very definitive. I'm calling it 16-0. This is a guy that predicted the Jaguars would go to the Super Bowl last year. Uh, so he's he was close. <laughs> he was fifteen I mean, and one. Within, I'll give him fifteen and one. They were That's they were within <laughs> just a play or two of making the Super Bowl last year. So he was close on his prediction. Certainly, I don't have a problem with predicting sixteen and zero. Mm-hmm. If fans out there are going to expect that to happen, that's their fault. They yeah. should. Do not expect this team to go 16-0. and 0. Don't expect any team ever to go 16-0. and 0. There, there was a picture that was just a, like... It had that caption, and then it was like, uh, Carson Wentz, hey, you know, you play us. Tom Brady is like, oh, you play us too? Yes. And then Big Ben, he's like, yeah, me too. And then Antonio Brown goes, Ben, they, they, they own us. Yeah. <laughs> Calm down. <laughs> Pretty funny. So, yeah, obviously the Eagles... Huge test on the schedule yeah. next year. Patriots, huge test on the schedule next year. Steelers, according to that meme, may not be much <laughs> of a test, but they are a very talented offense. And they've got some talent on the defensive side of the ball as well. Uh, and then you've got to face the Titans twice, obviously. You mm-hmm. weren't able to beat them in two tries last year. 
Texans should be improved. Apparently, Andrew Luck's going to be ready for training camp in Indianapolis. That came out today. So you've got a lot to work through. And no matter who's on your schedule, 16 games, the Jaguars might be better than every single team on their schedule, but that doesn't mean they're going to beat every team on their schedule. Yeah. That's, there's a reason why only one team in the history has gone 16 and 0. Right. And the Dolphins also went undefeated yes. prior to the game or the season being 16 games long. But the Patriots, who went 16 and 0 in 2007, they didn't even win the Super Bowl. Dolphins are the only team to complete an undefeated season and win the Super Bowl. Uh, so just don't get your hopes up for an undefeated season, guys. Yeah. You know, if by some miracle the Jaguars win every single game they play, that's awesome. But please do not expect that. Uh, you can expect a very good season. I, I don't think it would be out of line to expect winning the division and perhaps even getting the best record in the AFC, even though they do have a tough schedule because the team is that talented. But 16-0, and let's pump the brakes a little bit. Not mad at Malik for saying it because that just shows what we've seen from them ever since the start of last season. They're not afraid of anyone. They're not going to back down. And they, they have the talent and the confidence and hopefully the work ethic to get it done this year on the field. <laughs> if I've been, I'm mulling this over in my head. If, they, if we go 16-0, and 0, I will get some sort of Malik Jackson tattoo oh, somewhere else. Sure. This is recorded. I can't yes. go back on this. Cannot thing. back out. <laughs> so I hope it happens. I will be, it will be the most exciting tattoo I've gotten. It will be the most exciting Jaguars football season ever. But let's, <laughs> let's focus on the real prize here. There's one game. Right. We just need to go 1-0 and in. Yeah. And that's the Super Bowl. No doubt about it. I mean, this is a franchise that hasn't gotten past the AFC Championship yet. So, And for that matter, they haven't gotten past the Patriots in the playoffs yet. They've played them three times in the playoffs, lost all three games. The Jaguars have a lot of work to do. They're a very talented team. I'm fine with Malik predicting 16-0. and I'm not fine if fans are actually going to take that to heart. Yeah. <laughs> uh, also, in the same conversation with TMZ, Malik was shown a picture of Tom Brady's recent dad bod uh, vibe that he's got going on. And Jackson proceeded to say he looks a little sluggish. <laughs> I'm going to look this up, because I haven't actually seen... I, I'm much more okay with Malik Jackson saying that they're going to go 16-0 and than I am him insulting Tom Brady. That's a man that's coming down to Jacksonville in week two. <laughs> and <laughs> Why give Tom Brady bulletin board material? Does Tom Brady need bulletin board material? No, but you know that's a guy who tries to stay motivated uh, by things like that out there. He's, yeah. he's a guy that takes things to heart. And, I, I mean, is he going to be offended by Malik Jackson saying he looks a little <laughs> sluggish? Probably not. But Okay. He's, he's not the most chiseled guy in the world. He's got a kind of a weird, a weird, a weird, shape. A weird body. It's not, he's not necessarily out of shape. But has he ever been in shape? If you, don't, if you saw him just walking on the beach, you wouldn't go, oh, he's maybe the, one of the best football players that's ever played the game. Right, <laughs> you know, but he is, and he's definitely yeah. one of the best competitors. And uh, in terms of preparation and going into every week prepared and knowing what you need to do to beat the other team, Tom Brady's the best. And <laughs> I just don't think giving him bulletin board material is what you should be doing. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure Giselle cut that out of the paper or printed it off from TMZ's website. And he's, did you see this? Yeah. Did you see? Oh, this she is talk? very. I feel like she is very involved in, yeah. in the work. She's very vocal about it. I'm okay with all of it, and, and all honesty, I don't care what Malik Jackson says either way. I think it's pretty funny. And I think Tom Brady's the kind of guy who this stuff. I don't think it one iota of it really makes it through to the core of him. I feel like he treats every single game the same way, and he's just. The, the just the fiery same kind of guy no matter what's been said maybe he's definitely a fiery guy so it yeah. just kind of worries me a little <laughs> bit but regardless of how tom brady's feeling if the jaguars go out and play their game they should be able to at least have some success yeah. against the greatest quarterback of all time uh the quarterbacks reported to camp today rookies yesterday 
Everything's going well. The Jaguars signed Taven Bryan to his rookie deal the day before rookies reported to camp. He actually jumped a couple spots in terms of uh, the the deal he got. It's pretty cool. Yeah. So Jaguars have been really good to their first round picks. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they gave Dante Fowler Jr. that guarantee uh, after even right ACL. after he had already torn his ACL. So they've been good to their first round picks. Uh, that continued with the Taven Bryan uh, signing. They haven't been very good to them on their second contracts. <laughs> well, maybe they need to play a little bit better on yeah. the field. Uh, so <laughs> that's that, that just goes to show the low quality that they've been getting out of their first round picks. Let's well, that they had been getting. Correct. Let's say prior to 2016. I mean, before that, you had Dante. 2015, 2014, you had Blake. 2013, you had Joe. Joe yeah. So they've been on a good run. Yeah, good last run. few years they've been on a, on a nice run, but they had certainly had their fair share of issues prior to that. Training camp officially starts next week, Thursday the 26th. The first practice is open to the public. Several more practices open to the public over the next following few days. So if you do not have tickets yet for that, you can get them. On the Jaguars website for free, you just got to go on and register. We will preview training camp, uh, get into all the storylines and everything next week. But uh, yeah, just get ready for that. Training camp starts next week, less That's than a week crazy. away. Yeah, the I think the first preseason game is August 9th? August 9th, yep. That's oh, uh, a little under goodness. three weeks away now. Woo-hoo. It's craziness. Oh, it's getting <laughs> hot in here. <laughs> it sure is. Uh, pro Football Focus, we haven't really talked about them too much lately. They came out with team rankings. So far, they've done offensive lines, pass rushes, and run defense. So, run defense is the most recent one that they've done, so we'll get to that last. I also think it's the most interesting in terms of where they graded the Jaguars. But they started with offensive line, ranked the Jaguars 15th in offensive line, I would be really surprised if by season's end the Jaguars are still 15. I would think they'd be closer to top 10. Yeah, I think 15 would have been a decent rating for last year, and I feel they got will be quite a bit better. Yeah, Cam Robinson should improve. Andrew Norwell should be a massive upgrade over Patrick Omame. Brandon Linder's still, you know, close to an all-pro player. Yeah, they they weren't very consistent in the run game last year, but pass pro, they were they clipped the pocket yeah. very clean. Yeah, and they should continue to do so. Mm-hmm. Uh, Linder didn't allow a sack last year. Norwell didn't allow a sack last year. Parnell didn't allow a sack last year. You've got Will Richardson, who can hopefully compete with A.J. Can for the starting job. And then Cam Robinson, who, going into year two, he looks like a guy that's just ready to really solidify his spot as one of the better up-and-coming left I just feel like nobody is talking about him. Yeah. And I, I'm so I'm so amped for this guy. And I just it just he's going so under the radar. I can't wait. For yeah. This. And I, I guess it, it, you could say it's fair for 15. It's not like they're saying they're one of the Yeah. They're that's still in the top half of the league. Mm-hmm. But I think when you look at Andrew Norwell and Brandon Linder next to each other, there's no five. question yeah. those guys are top five of their position. Um, and you've got Cam Robinson, who should develop. You've got Will Richardson, who was excellent in college at NC State, practice against some of the best defensive lines that we've seen in college football over the last couple of years. And Jeremy Parnell, who's no slouch at right tackle. Again, great run blocker and has... Did not struggle at all with pass pro last year, which kind of had been his criticism in seasons past. Uh, the pass rush rankings came in earlier this week. Jaguars came second on that list. Uh, they're called Saxonville for a reason. They deservedly finished you know, close to the top. The Eagles came in first. I think you can debate it, certainly, if you want to, but the Eagles were able to do something last year with their pass rush. The Jaguars weren't, yeah. and that was able to fluster Tom Brady. Yeah, they, they 1A and 1B, I mean, they both are very, 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 very good. Obviously the best. You can maybe throw Minnesota in there, um, but, I mean, yeah, w- depending on who you ask, first and second, 
that is definitely Philadelphia or Jacksonville. Yeah. I don't, I don't, yeah, I can't think of a team that really, I mean, some people might say Steelers. They had a good pass rush, and that's about it. Yeah, they don't have one guy in my mind on their pass rush front yeah. that scares you as much as several of the guys on the Eagles or yeah. Jaguars. And I think, I think it's basically, it's um, Cameron Hayward made a huge impact for them. Yeah, TJ Watt um, was really good as a rookie. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean... I wouldn't put them They've anywhere got nice near. defensive tackles as well, for yeah. sure. Um, now, this is what I'm most interested in talking about. Run defense is the most recent one that PFF put out. They ranked the Jaguars' run defense seventh. I'll let you talk about this first, and I'll chime in. Yeah, I mean, I, I, you look at the the players on the, the defensive line. Um, you look at the impact Marcel Darius had, where it went from one of the worst to later on the season, um, it got better and better. Um, we were actually talking a little bit before the podcast how maybe it wasn't exactly how everyone remembers later on in the season. Um, I do think they'll be a lot better. Seventh is, I would say, a bit generous. <laughs> I appreciate that. Thank you. Um but yeah, they definitely need to keep progressing and, and taking that step forward. Um, guys like Marcel Darius are going to have to step up. Uh, Dante Fowler has always been a very, very good run defender. Um, you saw some of the freakish plays that Unique could make, um, just contorting his body to make stops. Um, I think seventh is a very good place. I don't know if we'll be that high, but I think we definitely should be. At least top half of the league, top third. Yeah. Uh, I think top half is fair to expect. I think seven is really high. Uh, Telvin Smith was, according to Pro Football Focus, the best run defender at linebacker last year in the NFL. Calais Campbell, one of the best edge players against the run. Malik Jackson, very good against the run. Marcel Darius, very good against the run. Uh, Miles Jack should be... Excellent at middle linebacker against the run this year. Uh, Avery Jones, no slouch against the run. Dwan Smoot, backup defensive end, very good against the run. But for some reason, when you look at the last six games of the regular season in 2017, they gave up 120 yards a game on the ground. I don't know what was going on. They really started off poorly last year against the run. They had a nice stretch in the middle of the season after Marcel Darius got there. And then they kind of fell off against the run at the end of the regular season. Then getting into the playoffs against the Bills, Steelers, and Patriots, they were once again good against the run. They allowed one 100-yard game uh, on the ground, and that was against the Bills, who weren't trying to pass the ball. So... I think it's a bit of it's a question mark in my mind. Uh, what they're gonna do? I don't think they're gonna be a poor unit. I just they've got to be more consistent than they were. To me, it's the biggest issue is those just gashing 10, 15, 20 yard runs. Not it's basically it's not necessarily just not being able to get a stop. It's just they'll just give up a big play. Right. And it happens multiple times. Yeah, a lot of times when you like need that stop, they were able to get off the field. Yeah. But they gave up a lot of big runs throughout the year, especially in those final six games, those first few games before Darius got there. Do they have the talent to finish seventh or even better? Absolutely. They Just could be the at, based on the talent <laughs> yeah. and the linebacking core on the defensive line, and even into the secondary with guys like Jalen Ramsey, who's one of the best tacklers at cornerback in football. A.J. Boye is not scared to get his nose dirty. Barry Church is excellent in the box safety. Ronnie Harrison's an excellent in the box safety. Yeah, there was a there was a washed-up running back that told me Jalen Ramsey isn't a very good corner, or tackling corner. Hmm. So <laughs> I, don't, I don't know about that one, but yeah, everyone else, <laughs> they're good. No, Jalen will come at you. Oh, no, sure. I know. Uh, Scott's being facetious there a little bit. But, yeah, they absolutely have the talent to be a top-five run defense. Maybe the best run defense in all of football. But they've got to prove it to me before I'm willing to say that they're the seventh-best run defense. Yeah, I mean, 
I mean, they finished 21st in the league last year in terms of uh, yards allowed per game on the ground. Not pretty. Did really tighten it up in the playoffs. You like to see that. But they need to prove it to me more week in and week out than they did last year. Uh, And again, I do think they have the talent to finish at 7th or even much higher. Uh, Fan question of the day. We haven't had a... We haven't done a fan question in quite some time, but... We posted on Instagram earlier, had some people send in some questions. This is the one I chose for us to answer on the show today. How long will this unit of guys be successful? Now, before we answer that and get hot and heavy into that question, I think we should do our pop-top beer. How are you doing on your beer over there? I'm about to finish. About to wrap up here. All right, so our pop-top beer today from Bold City is the Gentleman Rye. 6% alcohol by volume. You can get it at their downtown location, and there we go. I do believe we've had this beverage on the show before, but nothing wrong with that. All right. As I spill it all (laughs) over my pants. Yeah, these... It's difficult to pour the Crowlers sometimes. Yeah, I was going to say. It is, it is, but... It gets there in the yeah, end. No doubt. <laughs> Out of the can into the man. <laughs> mm. That's such a mix up. Yeah, that's a nice one. Yeah. It's chill. Not hoppy at all. Uh, definitely a drinkable beer, but at 6%, you know, it'll get the job done. Oh, too. yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that's from Bold City Brewery, one and only sponsor of the Gen Jack podcast. Find them online at boldcitybrewery.com, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Bold City Brewery. You can visit them at their downtown location to get the gentleman rye, or you can go to their original tap room on Roselle in Riverside. Check that out. So, fan question of the day. How long will this unit of guys be successful for? Before we answer that question... I want to say it depends on multiple fronts. Depends <laughs> on what your definition of success is. If your su- definition of success is getting to the AFC Championship every year, or even going to the Super Bowl every year, or even winning multiple playoff games every year, I think you might be disappointed. I take as a, a longe- basically longevity and success in the NFL to me is always competing for your division title. Right, and then at that point. You just make it to the dance, and any team can make it to the Super Bowl. To me, that's all the good teams are always, we're going to make it through the regular season. We're going to try and win our division. They're just basically saying, not, oh, if we can make the playoffs. They're saying, okay, are we going to have, um, are we going to win our division, or are we going to have to play an extra game in the wild card? Right. And that's really, when you start thinking about it in terms of that, and instead of saying, you know, I hope we have enough games and maybe we won't have a high draft pick this year or maybe we'll have a chance of making the playoffs, it's when that no longer, the the mentality shifts from hopefully this year's a good one to I wonder how many wins they're going to get this year and what seed they're going to be in the playoffs. You know, that's to me just when... There's a mentality of, of that kind of success. That's how I view it as th- that question is based. Yeah, but, you know, different fans have different expectations, certainly. Um, my other, you know, kind of caveat going into this question before I answer it is that also depends on what you mean by this unit of guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, players like Marcel Darius, Barry Church, Dante yeah. Fowler Jr., Jeremy Parnell, A.J. Camp, even Malik Jackson and Calais Campbell, they might not be around mm-hmm. for more than a couple more years. Uh, however, if you're looking at guys like Miles Jack, Telvin Smith, Jalen Ramsey, A.J. Boye, Tashawn Gibson, Blake Bortles, Cam Robinson, Brandon Linder, Unique Ngakwe, Leonard Fournette, D.D. Westbrook, Keelan Cole, <laughs> Austin Severian Jenkins, etc., Guys like that that are younger, they're going to be getting into their second contracts. Some of them will be getting into their third contracts after a few years. If you're looking at guys like that, and you're looking at guys like the rookie class this year with Taven Bryan, 
who should be a a future starter on the defensive line. Ronnie Harrison, who should be a future starter at safety. DJ Chark, who should be an impact player at wide receiver. Will Richardson, who should be a future starter at right tackle or right guard. Um, There's a lot of room for optimism there. I think with that young core, and if you're talking about that unit, that group of guys, uh, they should be set up to do what Scott was saying, compete for the division and, and then get into the playoffs and see what you can do for, at the very least, the next half decade. Yeah, to me, I, I, I went at it a bit differently and just said, as this team, as the Jaguars, not necessarily the specific players on it, just as a whole, you look at, you just break it down by the most important positions. Quarterback. You have a guy who somehow jury is still out on. Yeah. Um, who improved last year. You hope keeps improving. Um, after that, you have, I would say, left tackle, maybe corner, um, would be the next one. You have Cam Robinson, left tackle. You have Jalen Ramsey and A.J. Boye at corner. Um, defensive end, you've got Unique Ngakwe. Um in the in the linebacker core, Taven Bryan is oh, a and Taven Bryan, right yeah. Now, so, um, wide receiver, and Dewan Smoot, DJ Chark. Like, so you just go down the most important positions on a football team. There is youth and incredible talent at every single one of those on the Jaguars. Yeah, that's the fu- the future is bright. It looks good. I think in terms of if you're ranking them around the league, I, I think ESPN did that recently and kind of ranked them a little bit lower than I would have. I think they were like ten or eleven, but if there was I a- would have them at least top eight uh, in terms of future talent. If there was like an All Pro 2021 team, I feel like we would have a decent number of guys. In the discussion of being make, making, yeah, I mean, you're looking positions. at Telvin, Miles, Jalen, um, AJ still should be in his prime. Then Cam Robinson should be in his prime. Brandon Litter should be in his prime. Unique Leonard, you, you know, DD Westberg, Keelan Cole. It seems like one of those guys is definitely going to step up. And then you look at this class of rookies as well. So yeah, I think if you're talking about this exact unit of guys. Maybe three more years if you're talking about having Calais and Malik for sure. Three more years, including 2018. Because mm-hmm. uh, those are really two of the biggest linchpins on the team right now. Uh, but if you're talking about a lot of these young guys, I think that at least five years. Yeah. This, this core group, you're talking, if you make it to 2020, there's probably a, only a couple stragglers left. As yeah. far as the old of the veteran group. Right. Mm-hmm. So 2020 would be my answer for his just right now, these, this group of guys, that's if you don't have a Super Bowl, a Super Bowl by then, a lot of these guys on this team will be surprised and disappointed. <laughs> yeah, no doubt about that. Now, uh, so I hope that answers your question uh, for the fan question of the day. We appreciate you submitting your question and uh, we'll try to do a fan question every week from now on. I think it's a fun way for us to, you know, give people answers that they want. I mean, I think everything we do on here is very informative, but it's nice to get the the fans involved, without a doubt. So our last segment of this episode is going to be the position preview for linebacker. Like I said earlier, this is our first uh, defensive side of the ball position group that we're going to focus on. Uh, Scott, you want to go ahead and start us off, break down Telvin Smith and Miles Jack, the two guys that I mean, everybody knows a little bit? You've got the superstars of the room. I mean, coming out of college, Telvin Smith was this undersized guy, thought to some, as some to be a safety. Always thought he would be better in the pass pro and would be just a liability in run defense. He has flipped that on his head. I mean, this guy is an absolute heat-seeking missile. When it comes to, to run defense. Um, for a guy who's 220 pounds, the way he can just maneuver around blocks and just shift his way through the tiniest gaps is unbelievable. And he's finally getting recognized. He signed a huge contract. He's recognized as one of the best NFL's or one of the best linebackers in the NFL. 
it's unbelievable for a fifth round pick, a guy who they thought was a project, and you just hope to get something out of not not they as in the Jaguars, but the national media and the scouts and all that stuff. Um, and then you also have Miles Jack, who is literally an athletic phenomenon. He should not exist as a person. I mean, this guy can do stuff that no like no one else his size can do. Yeah, do not forget he covered Nelson Aguilar <laughs> yeah. for an entire game, followed him around the field when UCLA and USC uh, squared off against each other. I mean, he had look how many plays he got he got on the field late. They didn't utilize him for whatever reason his rookie year. Got finally got on the field and just made plays. And right. he's still learning pretty much how to be a middle linebacker. Yeah, he's admittedly working on mastering the mental side of the mm-hmm. game this offseason. If he does that... I think if he can geez. just get things to consistently slow down for him and learn to harness his athleticism instead of just being fired out of a cannon and hoping, you know, he, he hits the right line, he's just going to absolutely blow up. I mean, look at like guy like Bobby Wagner. I mean, a guy who can do everything on the football field. This guy could surpass He's more gifted. Yeah. He's the most He's gifted linebacker in football. 100%. Uh, Telvin Smith, he'll be the starting weak side. Miles Jack will be starting middle. After last season, he played Sam in base defense and switched over to the middle for the nickel. Uh, Paul Puzlesny retired, leaving a hole at the Sam linebacker spot now. So you've got a couple guys coming in here. Blair Brown, who was a rookie last year, he had to start slash fill in several times. Did better than expected for a fifth-round pick out of Ohio who had little experience against this type of competition, against this type of talent. He really played pretty darn well when he was asked to fill in. He'll be competing for that starting uh, strong side linebacker spot. And so will Leon Jacobs, somewhat of a surprise. Rookie seventh-round pick out of Wisconsin. He's a physical specimen. I mean, he's chiseled like a superhero, very good athlete, doesn't have the most flexible hips out there, so I I worry that he might not be effective in coverage, but the Sam linebacker spot shouldn't have to be covering too much away from the line of scrimmage. Yeah, and he's going to be on the field for 30% of the snaps, maybe? Yeah, maybe. Somewhere around there. And he's most likely going to be... Be well, on Scott the says ball. he. You don't mean the this the Sam. Yeah, whoever, whoever that fills yeah. If it's Leon Jacobs, it's Blair yeah. Brown. Uh, getting back to Jacobs, though, Todd Wash said he's been very coachable and he's quickly understood and made adjustments based on what the coaches are instructing him. Yeah, this guy hasn't so. really played football that long. Yeah, <laughs> he's just a he's just a freak. He's just a Hulk. He really does look <laughs> like the Hulk out there. Yeah. So, Blair Brown, Leon Jacobs, who do you think has the advantage going in, and who would you like to see win that job? I think physically, Leon Jacobs fits the role more. Um, Blair Brown is a bit undersized, but, I mean, you just look at the like level of play that he brought last year. I mean, and what he did at Ohio. I mean, yeah. He was fantastic. Yeah. Um, he's super athletic. He can play the position. I think I would give the edge to Blair Brown um, because... He got meaningful playing time and embraced it and excelled. Um, so I would have to say, without seeing them in training camp and against each other, that he would be the guy who would be the number one on the depth chart currently. We'll see through training camp and preseason, but I think he just kind of gets he's, he kind of got one foot out the door already, just being in the building, knowing all the terminology, knowing the defense, and playing at a high level. Definitely. He wasn't a world beater out there. He was still finding his footing, but yeah, uh, he didn't look like a kid who was just playing in a non-power five school a year, the year before. No question, definitely, definitely impressed. But he still has a long way to go, and mm-hmm. Leon Jacobs is going to push him very hard for that job. Outside of that, you've got Laurenti McRae, who's always listed as a linebacker for some reason, <laughs> uh, even though he's really a defensive end. He's a special team stud and also a very good rotational pass rusher. If you're talking about him as like 
your sixth or seventh option in terms of yeah. getting after the quarterback, that's a really good sixth or seventh yeah. option because yeah. he has the ability to win one-on-one matchups in pass rushing situations. Mm-hmm. Uh, and again, just a really, really solid special teams player. Donald Payne, he's had an excellent offseason. He had a really good year last year on special teams, recorded a lot of tackles for the Jaguars. Uh, he has a firm grasp on a roster spot, in my opinion, and I think he has a chance to prove himself as a very quality backup that should be around in terms of not just because of his special teams ability, but because of his ability to play the linebacker position. In yeah, I would I would be worried about his spot on the roster just due to the, how many linebackers do they want to keep. Yeah. Um, it might just be that somebody else, not even at his position, could push him off just because they might value corner a little bit more or wide receiver or keeping an extra offensive lineman. Um, yeah, I think he's going to make the team. Yeah, I'll, I'll put my money down on that. <laughs> I think he's going to be on the team, but I wouldn't be shocked. I yeah, mean, he's not a. I guess he's not a lock, but I do think he has a firm grasp on a roster spot right now. Beyond that. You've got Brooks Ellis, who's really a long shot to make the team, but he's the only other guy that you really know out there. Several other guys that are younger guys. I'm not going to get get into all of those guys, but there's a chance for them to make practice squad. Really no chance for anyone else to be rosterable from this group. Yeah, it's a bunch of just training camp bodies. That's really <laughs> what the rest of the list goes on to be. Yeah, it sure is. Uh, so... Overall, what is your impression of the Jaguars linebacking group as a whole? I mean, you just look at the top two guys, and they're potential pro bowlers. I mean, Talvin Smith is. Miles Jack, he might be a superstar in the making. I I just think those two guys are going to be the guys that are on the field for 90% of the snaps. I just think that's that's really what drives the, the average up for me. I got to give this like an A minus. I mean, you would like to have that set in stone Sam linebacker, but you don't need to have a superstar that plays thirty five percent of the snaps. If that, if that, right. So I mean, you have to base it on just the two headliners, and good luck finding a better. Yeah, two. based on those two, you're giving them an A. Yeah. The only way that they could get better is if Miles Jack does take that mental step. Exactly. Uh, but yeah. I'm going to give it overall, a, I'm going to go with you an A-. minus. I think whoever wins the job between Blair Brown or Leon Jacobs, it's not like they're just falling into the job. Like They're going to win the job. But if Leon Jacobs beats out Blair Brown, it's because he beat him, not because Blair Brown didn't play well. Because Blair mm-hmm. Brown, you know, can play well. Uh, and it looks like Leon Jacobs can also play well based on what the coaches have seen so far. So it doesn't seem like this is just going to be a guy that's just a guy out there. The coaches feel confident. Todd Wash said, we've got multiple guys who deserve to start at this position. So I think you should feel confident about that. I don't think you should expect Pro Bowl level of play from either of those players, but I think that there's no reason to not be confident in the strong side linebacker. I think having Laurenti McRae, there's nothing wrong with that. He's a very good player to have on your team as a backup. Donald Payne, I also feel that way about. I think that you could have another guy beyond Brooks Ellis that you feel a lot more confident about in terms of being a backup middle linebacker or weak side linebacker. But overall, A-, minus. Telvin Smith and Miles Jack are just about as good as yeah, it gets. how can you pass that up? <laughs> and they're both young, both ascending Telvin Smith is the leader of the team now on the defensive side of the ball. Miles Jack is just everything you could ever want out of an athlete, and he's putting in the work now, becoming a student of the game. I just I love Telvin Smith's attitude, his energy, and I mean he he treats it like a family, and he says that every single video of them in the huddle, or he's like, "Man, you guys are my family. I love you guys." And like he was just he embraces this team and he loves this team and. I just love that about him. I mean, just the energy that he brings. And he's and he's a guy, he's very well-spoken in interviews. He's just, I feel like he's just, he could be like one of those players at the end of his career. 
is going to go on to be sitting on like uh, NFL Network or yeah. something. Just a guy who you put in front of a camera and everything he says is just gold. Definitely. I mean, he's he's got such a bright future. I'm so excited. I was I was so excited when he got drafted. Um, Telvin Smith, you're you're you're, you're all right. <laughs> you too, <too-mile>. Miles. <laughs> you're the man, Telvin. Yeah. You feel me? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Another fun episode of the Jim Jack Podcast, 74 episodes down, 75 coming at you next week. We appreciate all of our listeners. If you have some extra time, please go on the iTunes Podcast app and uh, give us a review. really helps us out in terms of people searching for sports podcasts, football podcasts, Jaguars podcasts, etc. Follow us on SoundCloud if you don't already. Check out genjag.com for all the latest news and analysis, videos, podcasts, obviously. And if you haven't joined GenJag yet this year for the GenJag membership, again, you can get free food and beverages at every tailgate, t-shirt, member card, koozie, sticker, discounts at local establishments. Got a lot of other fun gear dropping on the website, Duval Skyline t-shirts. Duval Friends t-shirts, 904 emoji pens, all sorts of stuff. Go check it out, genjag.com. Thanks again, everyone, for listening and supporting the show. We really appreciate it. Hope everyone has a happy Friday and a good rest of the weekend. We'll talk to you next week, Duval. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.